Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. My apologies for our sound this week. I'm out of the studio on the road recording the show, so that's why it sounds a bit different. We'll be back in the home studio in Allen Park next week, though. On another note, we record our interviews on Skype, and as some of you might know that use Skype, uh, Microsoft is transitioning over to the cloud, and as you might expect, they are experiencing some issues while that's happening. So hopefully they'll get that fixed soon and our quality will return to what it used to be. At least I hope that's coming up soon. Technical issues aside, let's talk some Michigan football. We are headed to the Orange Bowl to meet Florida State on December 30th. I know we're disappointed it's not the playoffs, but it's time to move on and get ready for what will be a very good football team. In the coming weeks, we'll have our bowl preview shows, but this week we'll take a few minutes to talk about how the season ended and what a year it has been for the Big Ten. My guest today is Matt Wenzel from M Live. Matt joined Nick Baumgartner and Brendan Quinn at M Live this year, covering Michigan football, and we haven't had him on the show yet, so I thought this week would be a good time. Next week, when we're back in the home studio, we hope to get Steve Lorenz on from 24-7 Sports for a recruiting update, and of course his thoughts on the bowl game, and much more. We held out hope until Saturday night that we might some way find a way into the playoffs. It was disappointing, but by Sunday we had to realize this. It was all under our control and we didn't get it done. Our playoff fate was left in the hands of others, which is never a good thing. Matt Wenzel from MLive joins us next to discuss that and more here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
With us on our game day segment this week is a gentleman who's a part of the M Live team that we follow all year covering Michigan football. Works with Nick Baumgartner and, of course, Brendan Quinn. But it's his first time to join us and what we hope is many times. Matt Wenzel, great to have you with us, Matt. Thanks for having me. Well, it's been a, a crazy year, as we all know. It ended uh, yesterday. We're recording on Monday morning, so the CFP uh, committee and the selections are all done with. Matt, you wrote a piece in M Live this morning. Uh, there were comments from Ryan Glasgow and Jake Butt. And, you know, I think most Michigan fans know what they said is true. If Michigan would have taken care of business against Ohio State, maybe even Iowa, uh, they wouldn't have had to sweat out these last two weeks, would they? No, and, you know, to their credit, they weren't blaming anybody else or, you know, they were making the argument they feel like they're one of the best four teams in the country, but it wasn't uh, a, well, we should be in, not them type of argument. They they know, and rightfully so, that it's their own fault that they're not in the playoffs. I mean, they had every opportunity to do so, and you can just look at the loss at Iowa and the loss at Ohio State. They had a 10-point lead in both of those ball games chance to close each out and they just were unable to do it and that's that's on them and you know I think that you know you could say that they don't belong in the in the playoffs if, if you know they couldn't close out either of those games on the road with you know leads in both games and, and the opportunity to do so and you know that's that's their own fault um, but yeah that's that's basically what they what they said yesterday as far as uh, the playoff was concerned you know they watched they were hopeful that somehow they'd get in but you know, they, they knew that they were likely not going to get in, especially after uh, Washington and uh, Clemson won over the weekend. We knew, I think we all knew it was a long shot, and it's all hindsight now, but it's clear just from listening in the last week to uh, Kirby Hocutt and the CFP committee that they liked Michigan's resume despite what had happened with the two losses. And, you know, you have to wonder, and again, hindsight, if Michigan was going to get into the playoffs, do you think over the weekend that both Clemson and Washington needed to lose or just one of them? Uh, well, I mean, like you said, they, they, the playoffs committee liked Michigan. There's you know, plenty of reason to like Michigan. You know, they, are, they do have a very good team. Um, and there's also the money factor, which is, this is what, that's, what this is all about. And Michigan, people watch Michigan. They'll tune in to watch them. They'll watch Harbaugh and all that. So they're a bigger draw than some other teams like, I would say, Washington or you know, maybe Clemson. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, if you look, Michigan finished sixth. They finished behind Penn State in the rankings. So I guess if you're asking, I guess based on that, that it would tell you that both Washington and Clemson would have had to lose for Michigan to have a chance to bump up. Although, I, I don't know. I think if it really came down to it, if, say if Washington had lost and Clemson had won, I don't know if they if they have, if they'll put Penn State in over Michigan, even though Penn State closed the season strong. I mean, Michigan beat them 49-10 in a game that they called non-competitive and it was I mean, it was over pretty much from the start so I, I don't know if they would have they I mean nobody knows but the people that were in that room exactly well Jim Harbaugh met with the press over the weekend to talk about the Orange Bowl which was uh, the first time since the Ohio State game that he's met with the media mm-hmm. I think and it doesn't sound like he's softened his view on on what he thought of the officiating in that Ohio State game yet does it no, yeah, he missed the, uh, there was an Orange Bowl teleconference call at 4.40 yesterday, and uh, Jimbo Fisher was on it, uh, Jim Harbaugh was not, they could not locate him, it turns out he was on a flight, he said that's the reason he missed the call, so shortly after, we had player availability at 5.30, and I think we got done just after 6, and we were told that the, they had, uh, Jim had uh, been located, and they, they, you know, put the line back up for, for just him to be on the call, and Anyways, long story short, he was asked about the officiating and basically said that 
you know, he, uh, he believes he has the ability to speak his mind, speak what he sees the truth. He disagrees. He sees it a different way than what the Big Ten saw it and would leave it at that. And he basically wouldn't say anything else other than that. He wouldn't comment about whether he talked to Jim Delaney or if that would change how he goes about things like this in the future, if he would be that critical or that open, uh, speaking his mind or what he thought about the officiating. He pretty much just said he disagrees with what they uh, with their decision and with the officiating and that's it. So you probably will never get anything else out of him on that. I don't think so. And I think we all agree it's time to move on now. The uh, the selections are done with. It's on to the Orange Bowl. And it might take fans uh, a while to warm up, so to speak, to this game. But now we look at Florida State. This is a good young team, isn't it, Matt? I think it's a solid matchup. I mean, I would pick Michigan to win, but I wouldn't, you know, I think it still should be a decent game. The first uh, that I've seen from Vegas is Michigan uh, by seven and a half. But uh who knows? We've got weeks, and who pays attention to that? I don't too much anymore. You know, when you look at the end of the season now, it's it's been disappointing, and we've got a couple of weeks to get ready for uh, for the Orange Bowl. I know it's it had to be crushing for the Michigan players to go through this in the last two weeks, again, knowing that they could have controlled their own destiny. But looking ahead to an Orange Bowl, which to me is a pretty good consolation prize, it's hard to imagine a Jim Harbaugh team suffering a letdown uh, with all of these seniors on this team and not being ready to play this game, Matt. Yeah, they were asked. We asked the, the guys about that yesterday. Um, I mean, last, I, mean, I think it's really different circumstances. Uh, last year, you know, you were you know, the that was the rebound year after winning just five games the year before. Um, there wasn't a letdown for not getting in the playoff because they were really in, they were never really in the mix um, from the get go. Uh, but, you know, that was a team that was returning almost everybody, and they had a, you know, motivation to finish the season strong after getting um, blown out by Ohio State, and they did, and then they, they handled Florida pretty easily. But, you know, now you have a whole bunch of seniors and a bunch of guys that are going to be in the NFL, and, you know, Jim Harbaugh's his Christmas camp, as he calls it, which is pretty much <laughs> spring ball all over again. So, you know, the challenge is for these seniors to buy in for the next three weeks of, of practice and, like, like Mad Men, um, and for the younger guys to to do the same, knowing that these are you know be spots for them next year. Um, and all these guys yesterday said, you know, they think that will happen. You know, I think Chris Wormley said that you know if, if there needed to be you know a, a message delivered to the younger players that uh, you know not to have a letdown because you missed out in the playoffs, then they would do it. But you know, he said for himself and, and you know Deputy Jake Butt for the same and, and uh, Ryan Glasgow that you know, this is their last game playing for Michigan. You know, there's. It's all the motivation they need right there. You know, it's a big bowl game. It's a New Year's Six game. They want to go out on top, and you know, they won't have reached their goals no matter what um, they set out for this year. But, you know, they were talking about being the maybe the 12th team in Michigan history to, to reach 11 wins. Um doesn't happen often, and they wanted to be part of that. And, you know, so their legacy isn't what they wanted, but they would still be progressing from, you know, from 10 wins last year to 11 this year in a, now, they haven't played in the New Year's Six games since oh, 2011, I think, the Sugar Bowl with Hoke. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's plenty of motivation for, for the upperclassmen to finish on a strong note and for the yeah, you know the younger guys who will be taking over bigger roles next year, usually three weeks, is called it a spring ball before spring ball. Absolutely. And, I, and you know, Jim Harbaugh, if anybody's going to get these guys motivated, it would be him. <laughs> With us here on our game day segment this week as we uh, just, you know, take a look back uh, at what happened over the weekend and look ahead to the Orange Bowl. 
is uh, Matt Wenzel from M Live, who is uh, joining us for the first time. Matt, of course, uh, does a great job covering Michigan uh, with Nick Baumgartner and uh, Brendan Quinn. Uh, Matt, we have a couple of weeks to get ready for the Orange Bowl, and there'll be a lot of previews in between now and then. But let's shift gears for just a couple of minutes, if we could, to talk about the playoffs and just a few other things. The Big Ten uh, has taken a beating over, really, the last few decades. It just seems like a long time now that we've been considered a mediocre football conference outside of the Big Ten beltway. I know one season doesn't, you know, bring you back, but what an impressive year for the Big Ten it's been, Matt. Yeah, um, I think a mixture of the Big Ten having a, a good year um, and the SEC kind of, I wouldn't say being exposed, but I mean, Alabama is clearly the best team in the SEC and it's not even close. So it seems like the gap between Alabama and the rest of the, of the SEC is bigger now. And then Michigan was more, or not Michigan, I'm sorry, the Big Ten was Ohio State, Michigan, and then, you know, I, I think those are the, the top two teams in the Big Ten, obviously. And then, a you know, a slight gap. And then it's Wisconsin, Penn State. Um, and there are some other teams. I think, what, 10, 10 Big Ten teams are in bowl bids this year. So it's been, a you know, a good year for the Big Ten. But I think that all goes out the window if they don't have a showing in the playoffs. If Ohio State goes out there and, and loses to Clemson, well, then, you know, it'll be another ho-hum year for the Big Ten. I think if, you know, if Ohio State beats Clemson and they can – give Alabama a run for its money in the in the championship game then, or win, which I don't think will happen. I don't think anybody's beating Alabama. But, you know, I think they need a good showing in the playoffs for this really to be a, a true good year for the Big Ten. Penn State in the uh, in the Rose Bowl, if they get embarrassed by USC, you know, that takes the conference down a notch. And then Michigan and Florida State, and, you know, all these bowl games, we'll see how that uh, plays out. Yeah, we'll have to see how it plays out. But I think what's going to make me grind my teeth, I think Michigan fans, uh, is watching the playoffs, in particular the Ohio State-Clemson game. You know, I've seen Clemson play um, quite a bit this year, watch tape on them, and they have played with fire all year long. And they did it again on Saturday night against Virginia Tech. I just think after watching them, and, you know, who knows, I think Ohio State's going to be uh, just a little bit too much for them. What do you think? Yeah, I'd pick Ohio State to win. I mean, I'm continually impressed with with the program that Urban Meyer's got there. Would they? I mean, they lost 17 or 18 starters, something ridiculous like that, like 10 guys to the NFL. But I mean, they they basically lost. They had a national championship team that was you know disappointing last year and that it didn't get back to the playoff. Graduated almost everybody of you know, note minus JT Barrett and you know a few other guys, and they're right back. You know, and then they're back in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's. That's impressive. Uh, I think defensively they're skilled. Uh, offensively, they got a number of weapons. I think Barrett needs to be a – he's not a very accurate thrower. Um, or, you know, not deep balls, but even intermediate ones. But, you know, if he can, you know, make plays with his feet, they can get Curtis Samuel involved and, and Mike Weber, I think, I think they'll win that game. I think the best defense that Clemson has uh, has had to deal with. So that's going to be interesting how Ohio State game plans for Deshaun Watson. But, you know, we'll see. And, you know, looking ahead then, I've seen enough of Alabama to <laughs> agree with you. I don't know that there's anyone that can stay in the in a game with them. They are just so loaded up from top to bottom, even though they have a freshman quarterback. But something just tells me something that Ohio State is, if they get past Clemson, and I'm not saying that the SEC was really down this year. I just don't think Alabama has met up with a team that can do some of the things and has the athletic talent that Ohio State has. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I've, I've watched a little of Alabama here and there, you know, obviously busy you know, covering the Michigan, but, um, you, know, I, you know, I put on the SEC championship on Saturday and Florida goes down, scores on their opening drive, and you're like, oh, this might be a game. And then <laughs> by the end of the first quarter, it's over. I think Alabama has the ability to just dominate 
uh, more defensively than, than offensively, but, you know, they've got playmakers. Um, that being said, Ohio State, you know, they, like you said, they, they've got guys that can make a game of it, but, uh, I mean, if you're asking me to bet on anybody to win the, to win the national championship, I'm, you know, it's Alabama all the way. Turning back to, uh, to Michigan. Okay, we have three weeks before we tee it up against Florida State, and we all know the fans are disappointed and the players have to be, but we've all got to move forward. I mean, the Orange Bowl again, as Jim Harbaugh is saying, his Christmas camp, very important springboard for next season. It's 15 more practices, which is very important for a lot of the young players, a lot of coaching time. Um, very important in the plans that Jim Harbaugh has to take this program to the next level, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this was, I mean, we we talked about um, uh, to me and Nick and Quinn at times about whether this season would be a disappointment if they didn't win, the, you know, reach the Big Ten championship game, go to the college football playoffs, and said, you know, yeah, I think it's fair to say it would be um, because of all the talent, all these seniors they got. Well, all these guys are, are not all of them, but most of them are all, you know, most of these starters are gone um, next year. So, I mean, this is the opportunity for these younger guys to get in there and get you know, these 15 practices, get all these reps to, to be able to take over these positions next year. Um, and I don't, you know, so this was kind of the year, you know, that, that they were set up to win um, with veteran players they have. But I think you can, like you mentioned earlier, you can look at Ohio State, not to say Michigan's the same, but, you know, they lost all these guys. They bring in these new guys this year and they're, and they're right back in the playoffs. So I don't think that's an impossibility for Michigan, um, but I think we'll have to see, you know, how this plays out, you know, with, with these younger guys um, taking over bigger roles, maybe not just being backups and special teams guys, but, you know, being, uh, being starters and the next, uh, well, next three weeks will be key in their development. And then obviously you move back, move forward again. In the spring. Oh, absolutely. And from your perspective, Matt, and of course we have the orange bowl left. So we have not written the final story on this season. From your perspective, was Jim Harbaugh's second season much better than you expected, or will you remember it more as a season what could have been? Uh, the latter. Um, we did predictions before the season started, and both Nick and I both had 10-2. and two. We both had them losing at Iowa and, and losing at Ohio State. Uh, Iowa was not, <laughs> ended up being as good as we thought they would be at the end of the year, so that made that loss more disappointing than I think we would have thought going into the year. But yeah, I think, you know, I mean, not, they didn't have a bad year. I mean, I think for Michigan fans out there that are I wouldn't be too disappointed because I think you're forgetting just how far these, this program's come in, in a couple of years. You know, this, was, this program bottomed out. They were a five-win team. They were a complete mess from top to bottom. And Jim Harbaugh comes in and takes basically the same players that were here and makes them a, a 10-win team and now potentially an 11-win team. So there is progress and there is a, a bright future. Um, but I would say that it, on the whole – disappointing in just the fact that they had all these talent, they had all these veterans and they were, you know, it was right there for them. You know, if they, if they beat Iowa that they had a 10 point lead on they're I would say they're probably in the playoffs. I would say it's very likely just because, you know, your one loss would be Ohio state, but then again, uh, I may be wrong about that, but uh, you know, you, you had everything right there for you and you just one drive each game, put the ball in the end zone and, and you probably win and that would be a much different year. You would go to the Big Ten championship game, probably to the playoff, and, you know, that would be where you'd wanted to be this year. So, you know, disappointing just that they had it and weren't able to do it. Absolutely. Oh, so close, but now it's time to move forward. So 
With us here on our show this week on our game day segment, uh, for the first time, is uh, Matt Wenzel from MLive. And, of course, uh, Matt does a great job uh, covering Michigan with Nick Baumgartner and Brendan Quinn. Uh, Matt, we uh, thank you for taking time uh, to be with us. We uh, enjoy your work and look forward to having you back on the show many times. No problem. Thanks for having me. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for this week on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. hits today. Jabril Pampers is a Heisman finalist. He'll be in New York on Saturday as this year's winner is announced. He was thrilled to find out he made the final list, but is still considered a long shot. On next week's show, our scheduled guest is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. It's been a while since we've talked recruiting, so we'll get an update from Steve, and of course, we'll talk about the Orange Bowl. In the coming weeks, we'll have our bowl preview shows, and then in early January, look back on the season that was, and move forward. In the new year, we have a lot to talk about. Men and women's basketball, hockey, recruiting, spring football, and yes, even softball and baseball, which, believe it or not, will get started in February. So as I say to you, each year, just because football season is over doesn't mean we go away. We'll be here with you each week covering the very busy winter athletic scene. Besides the regular weekly show, I'll throw in a Michigan Man Extra at least once a month. At least that's the plan anyway. Remember, our show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also get us on iHeartRadio. Just do a search for The Michigan Man and add us to your favorites. It's going to be a busy winter, so make sure you join us each week. That will do it for this week's show. Again, I'm on the road this week recording the show, so I apologize for the audio quality, but we'll be back in the home studio next week. Until then, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next week, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go blue.